0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am your host, John Robb, joined here by my wonderful co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I hope you are as well.
0: Yeah, it is one of those trying days, but hey, this is the day that I got my second COVID shot, so I'm good to go. Book conferences await next year in 2022. (laughs) I'm not going to any this year because this is too damn screwed up still. But we got a great show for everybody tonight. We are going to be speaking for the first time with author David Ricciardi. He is going to be talking about his latest book called Shadow Target, which is the next in his Jake Keller thriller series. want to remind everybody, too, that all of our shows are brought to you by Suspense Magazine, so visit suspensemagazine.com for more information on that, along with our anthology, Nothing Good Happens After Midnight, which is out now with Jeffrey Deaver and Heather Graham and Lee Reese Bowen and John Lesquois and Linwood Barkley and many others. PW Starred Review, I might add, So make sure you check out that anthology, Nothing good Happens After Midnight. It's also available on Kindle Unlimited for all you who like to pay monthly for free books. So, you ready, Jeff?
1: I am. I'm excited.
0: Awesome. So without any further ado, let's bring David on the show. David, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. How are you doing?
2: Gentlemen, I am well, thank you. It's it's great to be here. And uh, like you, I just got my second vaccination, so I'm feeling invincible. Nice. Now, I got Moderna. What did you get? Uh, I'm a
0: Pfizer man. You're Pfizer. Okay. Yeah. I got the Moderna. No. no.
1: I, I got Pfizer as well. And no, uh, I'm, and I'm officially, always
0: on the outcast.
1: I, I'm two weeks today from getting my second shot. So I am officially vaccinated. So I'm very excited. Yeah.
0: Very good. Very good.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, David, this is the first time you've been on the show. Again, we want to thank you so much for coming on. Very, in, uh, very uh, excited to talk about here your Jake Keller thriller series. And this is what book four in the series, right? Shadow Target, and it comes out and let me oh let me find the date June fifteenth. So June fifteenth is when it comes out. And real quick, is the audible coming out at the same time as the print copies? Yes. Okay. So Final June fifteenth, people will be able to get it whatever format they want. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you got going on here in this book before we really get into Jay Keller.
2: So uh, so, Jake has spent you know he spent the the first three books sort of finding out who he is. Like the first book was his origin story. He started off as an analyst in CIA and and ended up going out into the field and it didn't go so hot. Um, and it was like a story of survival in the first book. And then the second in uh, the third book, he kind of got his legs underneath him. And now in the fourth book, um, he is. Fighting for his life, he starts off uh, surviving an attempt on his life and has no idea who's after him and no idea why. And that's where it begins.
1: I I love it. Um, one of the things I like about your books is the action in them is just um, relentless. Is the best word to describe. Um, there's no time to uh, breathe or eat or do anything. Um, talk talk a bit about why you wanted to write something like this and how um well talk a bit about uh, why you wanted to write something that was so heavy action and i love that
2: um i i always enjoy a, a well turned action sequence in a book um, or in a movie for that matter and i'm you know a little bit of an adre- adrenaline junkie myself so um, you know i think it's a it's a Uh, it's kind of an escape a vacation for you will you know if you will for you know most of us lead pretty uh, standard lives like we don't we don't have a lot of um, unusual novel experiences on a day-to-day basis you know we get up we go to work we basically do some form of the same thing most days Um, and when I see a really good action sequence or I read a really good action sequence it really transports me into that moment personally, and I really enjoy that, and for me, I wanted the readers to be able to feel that same way, to completely be pulled out of where they are at the time and transported into the scene.
1: Nice.
0: Very cool. So let's kind of go back in time a little to when you decided that Jake Keller was going to be the one to kind of kick off your series here. Give us a little about that background of maybe how Jake kind of got formulated. Was it kind of like the chicken or the egg? Did you get the idea of the character with jake or did you kind of have the idea of like the plot and the surrounding what you kind of wanted to have the character to be into
2: it was definitely the story the story came to me first and it was sort of a a hybrid of a whole lot of things that had been percolating in my mind for a long time um you know i was um, i'm a really outdoorsy guy and i had been really into the television series survivor man if you had ever seen that and, um, and I thought it was, you know, it was about this guy, Les Stroud, who used to get dropped off in the middle of nowhere and would have to survive with whatever he had in his pockets, basically for a week. And, um, I, I love the concept of that. And I just, I looked at society that we're in right now and, you know, we've, we're pretty soft as a society compared to where we were. And it's not that we shouldn't be cause we've evolved away from, uh, you know, um, just surviving uh, based on our wits and our strengths. Um, and anyway, so I thought, let's take a guy, an average guy, you know, they always say you're right about yourself. And I would say Jake is very much like me, except just better at everything. Um, but he's kind of an average guy and let's plop him down in this really dangerous, completely foreign situation that took place in warning light and see how he, see how he does. Let's see if he can figure out a way to keep himself alive with literally just the clothes on his back.
1: Why did you decide not to stick with Zach? Because Zach was sort of your main hero in Warning Light.
2: Yeah, so, so, so at the end of Warning Light, um, not to give it away for too many people. But, I was going to say, try to be um, spoiler free if you can.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. Well, uh, you know, let's say something happens to Zach um, that necessitates Jake's arrival. So they're, they're, they're intimately entwined.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I, can, I, can, I can give the spoiler or I can leave it there. So you know, it's one of the two. There's, there's, unfortunately, there's no middle ground on that one.
1: Well, what's interesting to me is that um, Warning Light is advertised as a Jake Keller thriller, but it's really not. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, it's, don't worry uh, if it doesn't. It's tough to make sense with Jeff sometimes. Yeah, no,
2: it's it, uh, it, it's it's labeled correctly. Let's put it like that. Um, okay. You know, I, like I said, I can. I if you if you don't mind the spoiler um, at the end of morning Light, it's a pretty big one. Then I can tell you exactly what transpires. Um, but uh, you know, there's it's it's a pretty big significant spoiler.
1: It's totally up to you.
2: Okay, <laughs> Do it. I'm, I don't care. You know, all right. So you know. So so Zach who is the hero throughout warning light um, circumstances unfold, which force him to change his name and get plastic surgery. And his name is changed to Jake Keller. So it's the same person, the same DNA uh, yeah. but with a new name and a new face because uh, some, some unspeakably wicked acts were committed in Zach Miller's name that forced him to disappear from the planet forever.
1: Nice. I thought I thought that was so friggin' cool. It was. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that.
0: So now that you're kind of in, now that you're in um, book four in the series now, and you kind of look back and see how the series has kind of progressed, how do you feel? It, how, what kind of changes have kind of hit you during the series? Was there a book in particular in the four right now that kind of challenged you a little more than you thought it was going to be?
2: So, uh, that's a great question. I, I would say all four of them were fairly different. Um, you know, the first one, Jake or Zach and myself were sort of just getting their feet under them. And, uh, you know, we were figuring out what's going on in
1: me in the writing and,
2: and, uh, Zach and Jake in, in the world of, uh, espionage. Um, the second book was uh, really technical. Uh it was called Rogue Strike and it was uh, had a lot to do with the Saudis and the Chinese. And um from a research standpoint that was the most heavily researched book I did. I also had a chance to work with just some uh unbelievable people, some you know, uh some special ops people, some intelligence people, some diplomatic corps, you know, just, just a lot of uh really helpful sources. Um, which was great for me. And I learned a tremendous amount about the world I was writing about. Uh, And then the third book took place in Africa, and it was uh, kind of explored a darker side for Jake. Um, And then the fourth book, you know, I kind of let out uh, a little bit of a sense of humor, probably a little bit more of my true personality, a little more sarcastic, a little bit more of a wise-ass. And uh, it's been an evolution, I think, for all of us. Uh, you know, the characters and myself. Uh, but this one was probably uh, fun to write, uh, maybe a little more fun to write than the other ones.
1: What um, cool. connections What connections do you have with the CIA? And you're talking about research. I'm wondering, do you have help from them, or are you just um, basing everything on what you're uncovering from just research?
2: So, nothing for the agency directly. I've been very fortunate in that uh, all of the research I've done, I have been able to either lean on close friends or friends of friends. I really haven't had to go uh, approach a potential source cold um, or go to, like, you know, the public affairs office at at a government agency or something like that. Um, So I've been able to, to... have pretty open conversations with people about um, activities and methods and and sources and things like that. Uh, I I can remember having a conversation at my kitchen table with a guy um, and we talked for like three hours about stuff and I'm, I'm, you know, furiously taking notes. I'm like, this is solid gold. He's like, no, 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 bro. You can't use any of that. (laughs) I'm like, what? I Just use that for, like, background, but you can't use any of those details. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, like, this level of trust that's built up, which has been great for me because, um, like I said, these are either friends or friends of friends, and and they know I'm not going to burn them. I'm not going to uh, violate, um, you know, any operational security protocols or anything like that. I mean, I'm not trying to, to get anybody killed here. I've intentionally changed things. Like, there was a lot of... Uh, um, explosive used in the third book, and the the Navy EOD guy I was working with, um, we consciously changed things in there so that somebody couldn't, you know, uh, duplicate that if they, uh, you know, if they had bad intent. I mean, the internet, there's plenty of information on the internet. I didn't sure. add to it.
0: You didn't. You didn't <laughs> want your name associated when they're like, so in the book Black Flag. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to be on the news, but not for those reasons, right? Yeah, I get you. I get you. So, what? What was it that kind of prompted you to to, to jump into this career? I mean, it's it's not a forgiving one. It's not, you know, it's kind of a lonely one, but it's not forgiving. So, what was it? I mean, was it maybe like a book that you read or something that you decided upon? What was it that decided?
2: So I had always wanted to write a book. I'm a you know voracious reader, and I had grown up. You know, this will date me for sure, but I had grown up on you know, Tom Clancy and Ken Follett and Nelson DeMille and uh, sort of those very detailed, super. I don't want to say complex in a bad way, but mm-hmm. well thought out, well plotted, great stories. Um, and I had grown up in that era, and I loved those writers, and it had intrigued me. Um, and it also intimidated me like, you know, I was inspired, but also intimidated because these guys are so good and, uh, you know, time passed. I, I got married, I raised family, did all these things. And finally, when my kids were in high school, um, you know, it, we talked about, I, I picked up this book, uh, five past midnight by Jim Fair, and it was another phenomenal book that I said, wow, this is just, just incredible. And then I researched his bibliography and I found this other book he had written, um, called The Essential Guide to Writing a Novel. And that's when I decided that's it, I'm putting pen to paper. I bought a laptop and I said, All right, I'm gonna write a book. Um and uh I, I pulled together all these ideas that were kicking around in my head, created a character, uh and
1: and you know, we ended up with warning light. That, that's so neat. Um <laughs> and and as, as I mentioned to you earlier, Jim Thayer is a friend of mine, so it's really cool um, to hear that, and I'm so glad he inspired you. He, he's he's such a great guy, and uh, he, he taught creative writing for a number of years here where I live in Seattle, and uh, I actually helped him uh, a couple times in his class and just, uh he's a super nice guy, and I'm glad to hear he inspired you. Yeah, cool. Great guy. Um, I'm curious... How do you write an action scene?
2: Uh, I visualize it. Um, and I try to use as few words as possible. And I don't remember if it was James Thayer or somebody else I read, but they said that writing the action and reading the action shouldn't take longer than the action does in real life. Um And sometimes I believe that, sometimes I don't. You know, there was another great thing that Lee Child said one time, which was uh, write the fast parts slow and the slow parts fast. And I, I like that as well because, like, when you're talking about something that's inherently suspenseful, dragging it out a little bit longer sort of makes the reader chomp at the bit and makes them eager, whereas if you say it too quickly, sometimes it's over. So what I try to do, as I said, as I visualize it in my head and I try to think about all the sensory experiences that you'd be having, you know, the smell, the sound, the feel, the taste, just the emotion, just everything you would be feeling. Um, And I try to capture as much of it I can without, uh, you know, bogging it down. Nice. That's cool.
1: Okay. Um, One of the debates we have on this show... um, Which I'm always right uh, on. (laughs) (laughs) We have a discussion about uh, writing series versus writing standalones. And since you write a series, I'm wondering why did you decide to write a series and not do like a standalone? Um, and John will tell you he prefers standalones most of the time. With some Which exception. was kind
0: of interesting because you said the story came first and most people who do series says the character came first. So that's why I'm curious to know about why you decided to make this a series.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, okay, like two-part question almost. I guess um, the 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 idea came first for this one, um, but it evolved into a series. And I probably, to your point, I, I probably would have done things differently with the character had I anticipated this to be a series like I wrote warning light for myself this was just a project i had always wanted to do I really didn't expect it to be published um, it wasn't you know my overarching goal to publish a novel um, or much less a series um, I love standalones I love series you know my my Jake has evolved greatly over the course of the four books uh, and I, I like that I mean that's like you know a, a partnership with the reader um, but like I said, you know, there's a character in, the, in Shadow Target, this guy Ian Hunter, who, honestly, I'd probably make him my next hero. Like, he's, he's again, he's a little bit more like me. He's a little bit more of a wise-ass. got kind of an edge to him. He's a little short, a little sarcastic. Um, and, and Jake's kind of the straight man for a lot of his friends. Um, but uh, I like, you know, I like writing a series. I can easily see myself. I have a whole list of ideas for standalones as well. Um, so I don't know. I don't really have a, a preference for it. Uh, frankly, it was my editor who suggested making a series out of it, and I was very, very amenable to it.
1: Nice. Okay.
2: All right.
0: Are you ready, David? I'm gonna ask you like five lightning questions. Just want you to kind of just the first kind of thing that kind of comes to your head. All right. Okay. So, what's the book you wish you would have written?
2: Without remorse. Ooh.
0: Wow! So, oh, you're gonna watch the movie with, I'm sure, with Michael B. Jordan, uh, right?
2: I watched the first 15 minutes of it.
0: Oh, and you were like done.
2: Couldn't couldn't get through it.
0: You know, my oh, wife I saw the trailer, know. and she kind of was like, I don't know about this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. It,
1: and, and honestly, uh, it was a great, it was a fun action film, but it was not a Tom Clancy movie. That's how I saw yeah, it.
2: Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I again, I feel exactly the same way. Like I don't know why they used his name or that title, um, but I got 15 minutes into it and I, I just couldn't watch the balance of it. But uh, taste is subjective, so and maybe right. if, I hope, I hope they do great. I hope it's you know, hope people love it.
0: Okay, so then what character would you like to bring into your Jake Keller series for like a cameo to be able to write? <laughs>
2: You know, that's I love that question. So let's say Orphan X, Greg Hurwitz's guy. Um, mm. But uh, I love that question because I've thought for years how much fun it would be to, like, bring – like, have Mark Craney write a Gray Man chapter in my book or vice versa. Like, you know, right. the guy just sort hey, of like, – Hey, I know Mark. Through. Mark's a good friend <laughs> of ours. Yeah. No, I, I – <laughs> Mark, Mark – uh, Interviewed me for my first uh my first book signing uh um we had the same editor and the same publisher but uh like yeah, I think that's a great idea, like just have cameos in all the in in a bunch of thriller books. I think it would be hilarious frankly uh, it was but yeah <laughs> I, I, I was
0: it. I was one of the first interviews that Mark did for his very first gray man novel when he was a debut, wow. fresh out of the box mm-hmm. chicken just tracked the egg coming out
2: yeah, what was that and you could see it then?
0: 2010. When did he do that? Yeah, that, was, one of my first, yeah, that was Yeah, was one of my first interviews. I started the radio station. I got him
2: on. Yeah, good, good for him. Anyway, yeah, yeah I okay. think um, I love that idea of a cameo, and I and I love Herwitz's uh, Orphan X character. Favorite Disney oh, villain. Love
0: it. Who's your favorite Disney villain?
2: Disney villain.
0: Your your favorite Disney villain. I'll tell you, Jeff will be The Hunter you, I'll and tell Bambi. How's that?
1: Who? <laughs> The hunter and Bambi. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well,
0: just with <laughs> Ursula, mine's Cruella Deville. So,
2: my yeah, my I story about Bambi, real TV fast. Films. Go ahead. Um, Bambi story.
1: I, I was a, I was I saw Bambi in the movie theater, and that scene with the hunter and Bambi's ring around, going <laughs> mother, mother. Some kid yells, "Your mother's dead!" Stupid, really loud. <laughs> <laughs> So my
2: son, when he was probably four years old, uh, we have this videotape of him, which has become legendary within our family. He's standing there with this very dour expression on his face, and he's like wearing his pajamas. And he goes, "Let's play Bambi." He goes, "I'll be the hunter; you be Bambi." And he looks at the camera and he goes, "Well, you can be Bambi, Bambi because Bambi's Run. fine.
0: You just can't be Bambi's mom." <laughs> what, what,
1: what, what was the, what was the line? I'm sorry.
2: He looks at the camera, and with his very serious expression on his face, he goes, run, Bambi, run. (laughs) It's very dark. He's one of the most positive people you'll ever meet, but it's a very dark moment in his uh, four years. All right, here's the the next
0: one real quick. So if you could co-author a book with any author, who would it be?
2: Oh, gosh. I I don't know. The co-author thing, that seems to me really hard. I, I don't know how people co-author books. I'm really impressed by it. Um, well, it's done a different uh, like, couple. Hey, Andrews way. and Wilson guy, who like Andrews and Wilson's guy, uh, Wilson guys who uh, co authored their series, the, first, the mm-hmm. Tier One series. I mean, they like legitimately have written the whole series together, which is super impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I Lincoln think I'm too Child, Lincoln, to Lincoln, co-author. Yeah. I think I'm too difficult mm-hmm. to co-author with anybody. That's what Dean Kuhn said. He said he can't do it. He said he
0: tried once and he ended up just taking over the book and firing the other guy and buying him out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could do it. I don't I really don't. And, and Not that I'm like, you know, some fantastic, amazing author or anything like that, but I hear I I, I do say hear voices in my head but it makes me sound crazy. But I sort of I think about things in my head very particularly and you know, I want it to look a certain way on the page and sound a certain way in the the rhythm and of the story and everything like that. I just think it would be super hard to do that with somebody else.
0: Okay. You ready for question five? Sure. Because this is the hardest one of them all. (laughs) Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes or no?
2: Yeah, obviously. Oh,
0: I'm so disappointed. (laughs) It's not a Christmas
2: movie.
1: It's just on
0: Christmas.
1: (laughs) It is a Christmas movie. It's not
0: because, okay. And this is and this is why because the series has nothing to do with Christmas. The third well, one is in New Christmas York. Has to do zero with to do with Christmas. <laughs> how much does Christmas have to do with Christmas? Well, yeah, but it wasn't. It just happened to be on that date, but it wasn't about like the you know. Well, how, but it wasn't about Christmas and presents. It, it was about him just reuniting with his wife. That was the that was the crux of the story. Yeah. I don't know. I disagree with you people in this Christmas diehard thing. I'm just telling you. I mean, Nakatomi well, Plaza, it's, you know, it was all decorated up for the holidays. What can you say? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I, I work, right? I used to work right next to that building, which was the Fox Building in Century City. I used to work in the towers right there, and I always, when I first drove down, I remember someone saying, oh, do you know that building? And I said, no. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's Nakatomi Tower. And I was like, Holy shit, that is, isn't it? So then when I watch so the movie, funny. I started looking for, oh, they're on this street filming this way, because I know the angles of where they're
2: at <laughs> on the street. So funny.
0: And I actually found the convenience store that the cop walked out of with the, you know, when he was getting all the hostess stuff, and he was like, my wife's pregnant, and he looks down the street, and he sees the building being shot up. I actually <laughs> I actually found where he was. Just so I could, I'm just that weird. I'm the guy who went around and drove around, where Halloween was filmed in Pasadena, just so I could see that.
2: You know? So have you been keeping track of the answers to what is Die Hard, a Christmas movie? I'm curious to know what percentage say yes, what percentage say no.
0: From what, well, you're the first one I've asked on that one, but, cause what, I've, okay. but what I've noticed is that I, it's, I think more people say yes, but that doesn't mean that they're right. So it's just a, you know, I mean, like, you know. So you're you're
1: right, David. It is.
0: Yeah, I don't see how it can be a Christmas movie. Home Alone is a Christmas movie. That was a theme of Christmas.
1: Elf is about a man trying to find his father. But
0: it's Santa Claus. I mean, you can't count when he just because he puts ho 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 on something and throws it down the freaking elevator means it's Christmas. That means every that means every prostitute
2: movie could be about Christmas. That doesn't matter. That doesn't I'll, count. I'll leave you two alone. <laughs> can we talk about Can we talk about something um, on Suspense Magazine? Um, what would you like to talk about? I'd like to talk about the Forensic Files, and I'd like okay. to talk about the person who asked, "Can my female character cause her pregnancy to become stone baby by sheer will?" Oh, Doug loved that one.
0: Doug Lyle is, hes the one who answered that. I know. You should see. You, for first of all, him and I will say if you're really curious like
2: about a lot of these. The answer to this, the answer to this should be hang up and dial nine one one. Well, the thing is, is they did yes. a, her,
0: him and Jan Burke did a show uh, called Crime and Science Radio, and they did like four years with me on, suspe- on on the on the radio show, and all those you could still listen. But they would have some the, some of the weirdest questions. And some of the things that you would be like, there's no way, that has to be fiction. And it's like, no, it's not. I mean, he gets some of the weirdest questions, you know. Like, what would a (laughs) body look like being buried under a bonfire? I mean, just weird things.
2: Yeah, right. You wonder... Like is somebody writing a book here or planning a murder? <laughs> right. I think that sometimes he even he even wonders mm-hmm. that himself, like you're really
0: wondering about this whole husband thing here. Uh... Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I ordered a yeah. book on homicide investigations a while ago, and my wife was like, "Did you order this from Amazon?" I'm like, "Yeah, I did." I'm like, yeah. I'm like I it's did. for the writing. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm flagged. I'm flagged now. They, I didn't do it from the library, but you know, Amazon flagged me. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do you ever wonder that when you're doing research? Um, oh Because yeah. there's a story there's a story that I got from Dean Koontz that he said that he was he he had a researcher that was researching the, the the Dallas Airport because his character was having to go through the Dallas Airport and he needed to find a way that he could get out and so he was researching and trying to find schematics and everything to where all of a sudden there was. He said when he came downstairs because the researcher was like, "Oh, I got something." To when they came down, they were looking at something, and the screen went dark, and his camera turned on, and it was a picture of him looking at the <laughs> screen. To where they got like an email saying, "What are you doing looking at this?"
2: That sounds a little far fetched, but I, have I don't
0: know. Had, uh, I mean,
2: he said that
0: it was like that, so it was like the government or whatever he had gotten into. Somebody flagged his IP.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's usually not how it operates just asking you through your webcam, or your I know. but I have had uh conversations with um uh, folks who work for the government that we've said we need to take this offline um off voice or off, you know, email um uh, you know, at this point because it's going to it's going to show up on somebody's keyword algorithm. Um so uh, yeah, I, I do. I do think that's a very real thing. Yeah. Um, and I and I said to somebody, oh, let's put it on X, Y, Z, and they're like, doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm like okay, meet w- you, for lunch. you
0: both? You both saw the movie Three Days of the Condor, right, with Robert Redford and um, Faye Dunaway? I think, right? Is he in it? I yeah, haven't. Sure. But you haven't. No. Well, his job was literally to read books like yours and see what you put in. Got it. That was his job, to read fiction books, to see what the author was writing, if it was too close to home or if things had to be changed. Because Brad Thor, I know Mm -hmm. he said, when we interviewed him, his books have to be vetted to make sure that he's not saying anything that he shouldn't say. So you military writers, you guys walk that fine line. I mean, it's funny because you have serial killer people, and they're like, yeah, they can kill whoever
2: they want. But when it comes to this, (laughs) they're like, ah, we got to check you guys out. Well, well, one of the uh, things I st- have said to everybody. One of the things I have said to everybody I've worked with is, um, I'll give them final cut on anything, uh, whether they gave it to me or not. Because a lot of times, I mean, there was a situation where I was working with um, a special operations helicopter pilot and a uh, army special ops officer, and uh, I interpolated something very sensitive. From a little bit of what one guy had said and a little bit of what the other guy had said, and uh, uh, and and I, uh, you know, the guy was like, "I'm not comfortable with that being in print." I'm like, "Great, we'll take it out." Um, so that's that's kind of how I got around it. You know, all the operational security issues is I gave everybody I worked with Final Cut. Like, I mean, if there's anything in there that you're not comfortable seeing in print, then we pull it up um, or change it. You know, so what was your story? Wow. Self vetting
1: Oh, um, I was going to say, I was researching a novel, and um, I needed to release a deadly toxic nerve gas in this building. And so I walked up to one of the janitors, and I just said, uh, if I wanted to release a deadly toxic nerve gas in this building, where would be the best place to do it? He looked at me, and he goes, follow me. And he showed me. (laughs) He's like, I'm
0: sick of working here. (laughs) I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'll take the time off.
1: And he didn't didn't know you. He did not know me. Wow. No. He must.
0: He must uh, was it a, was it a famous building that he might get asked that a lot, or was it just some no?
1: No, he would not have been asked that usually.
0: <laughs> and he just was like, "Hey, you just come over here. and You just want to put it right in the corner, right there, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, like, like do it depends. at three thirty because the, the air accident. comes on and yeah, then it'll hit yeah, the vent or, and it'll just yeah. suck all the way through the building."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, um. Based on what he showed me, it would work. So I was like, "Yeah, I tweaked it, obviously, because I didn't want to end up on the internet, you know, as a, a recipe, as you mentioned earlier." Yeah, true, <laughs> exactly. True. So,
0: so David, what you got going on in the future? With um, you, you're doing the next Jake book, I'm sure. But do you have any plans to do anything outside the Jake series, or are you just working on Jake for the foreseeable
2: future? You know, it's a it's a great question. The uh, the the next project that I'm Uh, most excited about is actually and I haven't decided what I'm going to write because I haven't like during COVID I haven't been writing very much Um, but uh, there's another project uh, outside the series that I've been dying to write Um, and I got to see if I can find the time for it but uh, um, it's it's a little bit uh, more of a international political thriller I would say ooh nice yeah yeah okay um so anyway uh yeah we'll see and then um you know i've got i've got a bunch of ideas for for jake as well so um i would say i i stay tuned
0: so where's the best place for all the fans to find out the best information about you do you, uh your social media
2: yeah i'd say so so i have uh david or Charity books um is the handle i use on facebook and on twitter and uh, you know, I'd say on Facebook, I'm pretty diligent about uh, about posting updates about the writing and about the book releases and all that kind of stuff. Um, a little less active on Twitter, but uh, I still do use it. So, uh, David again, David Ricciardi Books so, on Facebook is probably so. The best Facebook place to find is me.
0: the one you use the most.
2: Yes, for sure.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So, David, I mean, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, can't wait to see what you got going on in the future and again everybody, don't forget that the book is Shadow Target and it comes out on June 15th whatever format you want it on it's going to be available so David, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us to tell us what's got going on with you. wish you nothing but the best so congratulations and good luck
2: John, Jeff, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show Uh, it's been a lot of laughs and uh, a lot of fun fabulous
1: Thank you so much.